You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with host Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Hello, everyone. I've got an awesome bonus episode for you today. And before you think that this is just for divorced people, think again. I have with me today a lady whose paths crossed mine, and I don't believe in coincidences at all. So I think we were meant to cross paths because we both are passionate about very similar things. We love helping women. We love helping women and men who are trying to navigate dating and really date healthy, right? (laughs) And we both have no shame in making TikToks. (laughs) (laughs) We will do a TikTok in a hospital parking lot at 10 p.m. (laughs) We just had to wait for the life light to land. Literally, the helicopter had to go down and then we could roll it. And then we're like, okay. And then we could dance in the parking lot. It was awesome. Okay. So today I have with me Lonnie Harmon, who is the dating counselor. No, the dating counselor, the dating counselor. (laughs) She is a licensed clinical social worker. She has over what, 10 years experience, probably more now helping singles create secure, lasting relationships, key word secure. And we are going to talk a lot about that today. I'm having Lonnie on today first, because she's awesome. And I wanted to have her on the podcast for a while now. And I'm sad Alana can't be with us in this conversation, but I also wanted you to come on and have Lonnie here today, because you're going to be one of our amazing guest speakers at the divorce retreat it is the i feel like the establishes credibility because it it does the thing it's not the it's the and that's coming up in october if you haven't signed up yet for that why not but you're gonna love her just like i do hello girl thank you so much for coming on i'm so so happy to be recording with you again and to be in your presence virtually (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we I yeah I definitely agree that physically. we were meant to be <laughs> we could go down a rabbit hole with that phrase right there <laughs> mfeo meant to be especially when we're talking about relationships all right so now here's where I thought would be super awesome to have you come on because you are going to come to this retreat and talk to these amazing women who are navigating like a new relationship trying to figure out how to date after divorce and trauma, mind you. And that's really scary. It's really terrifying. And one of your passion topics, which another reason why I love you is attachment. And so we're going to talk about that today. Now I am not a trained expert per se in attachment theory at all, but I feel like I understand enough and feel pretty passionate about this topic. And I just think it's really important not only in your healing journey, but again, especially as you're starting to, um, when you understand your own individual attachment style and how we show up in our relationships, this is why I think if you're not divorced, keep listening today, because if you're in a relationship trying to figure it out and make it work and really the goal to have it be healthy, you want to understand 
attachment theory and what your attachment style is. I'm going to just spit it out and then you're going to, you're going to clean it up for me. So attachments, here's what I know. Attachments are how we bond and connect with other people. Attachment theory states that it's those early experiences with our primary caregivers that in, in terms of like how our needs were met or not met, that kind of shapes how we attach to other people. And then we grow up and we become adults and we develop attachment style. Is that mm -hmm. about right? Yes. I really love that, that like overview, because I think that's an important baseline just to be like, what is this about? So you are all hardwired for connection. Like that's part of our human biology, right? And because our brains are hardwired for connection, when we're born, we do these cues to our caregivers to say like, hey, I'm adorable. You're gonna wanna feed me. And so you notice like babies, their heads are quite a lot bigger and they just have these big eyes and they just, they peer into your soul and they're like, you're going to love this. And you're like, I'm obsessed with you. Right. And yeah. so our biology starts turning into an attachment system because the baby's going to give us a cue that says I have a need and the caregiver is going to be nearby and responsive and work hard to meet that need. Now, anybody who's been a mom knows that those first six weeks, you're learning your kid. You are trying to figure out what this cue means opposed to that cue because kids are going to be coming a little bit different and you're never going to get it perfect because that's just, I, first of all, I just think perfect is boring. There's no excitement. <laughs> you're perfect all the time, <laughs> but also yeah, just but... we're human. So back in the fifties, when they discovered attachment theory, um, what they learned is that we are dependent on a caregiver to survive in our early years. And depending on how that caregiver showed up, we learn how to interact with the world. Now you can have up to five primary attachments. That's just like the current research is what that says as a kid. So it's not just like all the mom's job to not screw it up. There are other people that the child interacts, but as the child grows, what they learn is they learn to, Hey, people show up for you or like people don't show up for you. And if they don't show up for you, then you're like, I got to take care of me. I got to get myself food, shelter, clothing. I got to like take care of number one, or they learn like someone's coming and someone's there, but like, I have to scream a lot. Yeah. I'm going to cry and cry and cry just for the moms listening. Like it's a, a cry out method. I'm not making like a comment about it, <laughs> but I did as a new mom research it. And they said seven minutes. So I'm just going to throw that out there. You're I'm like, just you're looking at that. your watch. So and... I literally would put like a watch, like seven. Okay. And, okay. and now I, I do not want to mess up my kids. Okay. Go to the bathroom. Seven minutes. Go. Yes. Yeah, so, oh my gosh. If only. Right. Uh, um, no, I, I do really love that you pointed out there in the very beginning. And I think that just knowing the baseline of our listeners with that amount of like guilt or shame of how you show up as a mom. I love that you pointed that out. This is in no way for you to start feeling guilty about how you raise your no. children. Every single no. one of us show up in some way in these attachment styles. And we just want to get curious about it. It doesn't always mean mm -hmm. that you had this horrible upbringing. We just mm -hmm. want to see how we showed up in yeah. terms of like what parts of us were created to like get what we need when we felt yeah, like yeah. we weren't getting it. 
right? So everyone- I think it's important to note, like you are not your attachment style and it is not set in stone. Like you have brown eyes and that's what it's going to be. This isn't your identity. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to have a little bit of neural wiring inside of you that might make you a little bit more of one attachment style or the other, even if you had a secure upbringing. So secure just means that I have learned that most of the time people show up for me and that the world feels like a safe place to interact with. Right. And so fast forward to the eighties, they looked at attachment theory and they said, I wonder if this could be something that influences our marital styles, how we pick somebody and how we choose to like go through courtship and like how, how we then interact with that new primary attachment, which is our spouse. And obviously I wouldn't be here if it wasn't true that does show up that way and so what we learn is that if you have a system that might be anxious which means I have a hard time letting people hear me clearly or I have a hard time letting people soothe me like there's this refusal to this anxious style has these hallmarks that are bids for attention to the partner but they're very it's like a passive aggressive type of communication style where it's not necessarily going to be obvious, but if your partner misses that bid, then, you know, you're hurt, you're deeply wounded. And potentially that is due to like a neural wiring of just having a very sensitive nervous system. And Mm -hmm. so needing that deep connection or feeling like an immense set of loss and abandonment. And on the other side of that, with the avoidant system, it's basically like, I'm really capable. I'm really strong. I know what I'm doing. I know how to do it. So I just go and do it. And if I, if somebody wants to like show up along the way, great day, I might throw you a bone now and then for the most part, like you're here to fulfill a role that is just an embodiment of you being in the room, not necessarily because I need you. And it's really extreme science, like that toxic independence. Yeah. Well, I look at them as like islands. They're just like really happy to be on an island by themselves, which that sounds really good right now, but no, totally. They're, because they're that relationally... Simon and Garfunkel song, <laughs> I am a rock. I'm an island. Right. That is, I know. Right. But like they, they relationally, they're wanting to stay on their own island still. And so I look at mm-hmm. it like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it's, they'll let you be around them, but they're not going to let you in. So there's really, mm-hmm. it's hard to be vulnerable with someone. Keeping who's love avoided. at arm's length. Uh, yeah. Hard to be vulnerable. But there's also a couple of other like hallmarks of that one that I feel like are at play sometimes in relationships and cause fractures. So one of the hallmarks of an avoidant attachment is something called a phantom X. Just so deeply fascinating to me to see how it shows up. But often what shows up for me when I'm doing counseling with clients who are just having a really hard time committing, they have a great relationship, but they don't want to move forward to marriage. There's this picture of someone they had in their head that was either a real person or someone that they imagined that it was going to be. And they're comparing what they have against that phantom X. And you, it's very hard to challenge because they are very rigid and like, this is what it's supposed to be. And so, so it can create a, a fracture for the other partner. Cause they just feel like I'm not enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then with anxious attachment. Mm -hmm. I'd love to give like an example of that. Okay. So what's coming to my mind is a little bit more clingy. Yeah. Yeah. So I had an anxious attachment system still do it. Not just my parents had a secure relationship. So this was a little bit more due to my dating history was really traumatic in my twenties, just lots of 
hard things. So one of my stories that I'll tell you about when I was dating my husband is we were having a disagreement about something we couldn't quite resolve. And it was getting to the point where I was just like, I need resolution because I have to sleep and I have to work. And if my, if I'm keyed up, like I'm disrupted all, all across the board. And so I threw out this, like, I was throwing out these bids of just like trying to get it to resolve. Like, you don't even care. You don't even care that I am hurting. Like you don't, you're not listening to me. You're being so frustrating, like putting all these things on him. Like you have to do better and show up for me better rather than trying to calm myself. Yeah. Like maybe we don't need to do it today. So I infamously said to him, well, if you're just going to act like that, why don't you just leave? Just leave. I'll just challenge you. Like, ew, like you're stupid thinking like, I am so great. He's not going to leave. He wants to kiss this tonight before bed. Like he always does. And he just goes, peace. And he left. And so I didn't soothe with that. I was like furious. And I called him immediately. And I'm like, where are you going? He's like, you told me to leave. And I'm like, well, I didn't leave. <laughs> what I really wanted you to do yeah. was to what me. I wanted you to do was to read that message completely differently and yeah. hold me and say we're going to get through this and it's going to be all better but yeah. instead I pushed you away and it's that I hate you but don't leave me right right so how would this show up when we're talking to women who are let's do both let's start with like women who are divorce, they're trying to get back out there in the mm -hmm. dating world. And maybe they realize that they are anxious attachment style. So I think anxious <laughs> attachment style gets triggered by loneliness sometimes and yeah. the scarcity mentality. Yeah. Because well, you like, feel so sad that like, this is your new reality. Yeah. And then you sure. go into the dating pool and you're like, there are very few fishes that I am attracted to. And so you just feel super anxious, like it's not going to happen. And so you start when a relationship starts up, you feel super anxious to get this secure and established. And one of the ways that women show up in early dating and relationships just in general is like, we want to know where this is going to go. Right. After it's a first so date, I look at anxious attachment style is like after that first date, you're laying there on head on pillow, making wedding plans. Like when would oh, I get married? I wonder when what our name, what our last names match. What yeah. Uh, right. Does my first name mm -hmm. go with his last name? That would totally fall in line with that anxious attachment style. And, yeah, then, and then we do this, like all these behaviors to try to disguise it and act like it's not there so that we can just yeah. be like, cool. Fine. I don't care. Whatever. And attachment can't happen unless you show up like yourself. Bingo. That right there, because that's really what I feel like. Mm -hmm the biggest message here is today is yeah, you want to show up as yourself. And so it's not mm -hmm. about getting rid and like, like noticing your attachment style. And then let me work to make myself perfect and not have this so that yes. I can have a relationship. That's uh, not what we're yeah. saying. No, <laughs> it's no, know, know it, know this is you own it, accept mm -hmm. it and let them even see that. I think that's so attractive. Yes. And I think being able to see that in yourself and have your partner take responsibility for their, seeing it in their, themselves <clears throat> and how it plays out in your dynamics. Honestly, what it does, that the awareness helps you to go, okay, well, here we are again. 
my husband back in that situation, we both knew attachment systems and he says, yep, and I've driven away. Okay, I don't think that was helpful. And I'm over here like, well, I drove him away. <laughs> so what are we gonna do? I mean, the quickest, easiest repair, honestly, is like, I have to honor him and I have to honor me. And yeah. so we say, when are we gonna talk about this again? Obviously tonight's not the night. <clears throat> yeah. If you wanna come over, I'll give you a kiss goodbye. We can like transition back into our days, but like, can we talk about this tomorrow after work? Like, I don't want a really long, oh my gosh, when is this gonna happen again conversation? But then there are conversations that you have that are just going to be ongoing and you're going to have to push pause sometimes and say, we either need more information or I need to think things through and we're going to pause, pick it up, pause, pick it up and not just avoid the whole conversation, but also not, we have to solve right now. It's, yeah. That might not sure. be possible. Okay. Something that's coming to my mind, because like I mentioned, a lot of the women that are listening to this have experienced betrayal trauma and I can see because like my brain's doing it like, oh my gosh, I'm, he just walked out. We had another argument and I need him to come back or he's working late. And usually when he works late, the last time I found out he was working late, he was looking at pornography and I had my DJ and that was really horrible. And so I, we can show up in a way that hypervigilance. And I would love to hear you talk about how to help women cipher. Like, look, you've had this trauma and sometimes I think we, I maybe think, oh, I'm anxious attachment because I'm really afraid of being abandoned or rejected by him again in his addiction versus this is a style that you have had before you met him. Yeah. That's what we want so to identify, I, I, I right? I want to like speak on that too, because I feel like if you're looking specifically at like a behavioral addiction, like a sex addiction looking at pornography, that can become part of an avoidant attachment reaction. Because what you're saying here is like, I don't want to use my words to connect with people. And I'm just going to self-soothe. I don't want to feel my feelings. Yeah. I don't want to do and maybe that initial, like feel my feelings and things happened years ago. And then the neural pathway just got like the trench got dug in my brain. And so when I'm in this situation with this lighting with this whatever time of day like this is what I do like for me I don't allow myself to have a diet coke until afternoon this is what I do and I cannot have another one after 6 p.m this is what I do so there's literally a trench in my brain for that after 10 years and so sometimes I'm not comparing the same apples here but like the avoidant attachment system happened for your spouse prior to you because they were feeling, filling that void of, I don't want to talk to people because it's, I don't trust that people are going to be there for me, or I haven't really done the work to, sh to just feel comforted. It, I can feel anxious and behave avoidant. So anyway, that, that like predisposition or that attachment system that they have that then saying like the behavior that I'm going to do to soothe is pornography. So what that does for the spouse is it's it especially after like the d-day and the trauma that's happened is that there becomes this the story i'm telling myself is that blah 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 he is working late and so the story i'm telling myself is that he is at one million percent high risk alert for a relapse and when he walks in the door i am going to smell everything i'm going to look intently i'm going i'm just going to be on hyper alert 
Right. So what you, what I try to advise is to back up and say, okay, notice the story I'm telling myself is blah, 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 blah. If that story is true and my behavior trajectory goes over here, what's that going to look like? And is that actually going to be accurate? So you have to back the train up. And when they walk on the door, ask how they're doing. And maybe you even need to be out loud. The story I'm telling myself about tonight is this. Can you confirm or deny? (laughs) Can you enlighten me? (laughs) Right. My favorite like framework there is from Vicki Tibble Palmer, where she's like, take the facts. What, Mm -hmm. what I noticed you do is come home late from work. And what I'm making that mean is you've been looking at pornography again at work. That's Mm -hmm. such a healthy way to approach that kind of conversation. Yeah. And the reason that falls into healthy and secure, I'm going to use that word too, is because I'm feeling anxious or I want to behave avoidant. I don't want to do this again. Like I am so over this, right? But the secure approach is to say, well, I'm not going to just avoid that and act like it's not there because that's just going to build resentment, which will come out later because my body is wired for it to come out later. Right. But like, The other part of that is like, if I just feel anxious and I'm not soothed, then I'm not going to show up like myself anyway. And again, showing up like yourself is where you're going to feel comforted and attachment is going to feel good. So if I don't want to go down either one of those paths and be a participating part of the fracture, I got to show up and say what's going on for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes a lot of courage and bravery to do that. So I just want to kind of like honor that moment of like, I get that part. What do you have to say about the guys that typically will use this who are in, let me be clear, men who are struggling in addiction, they are not in recovery, even if maybe they're in sobriety, but they're still struggling to rewire those neural pathways and they use their, cause here we are like, get educated, figure out what attachment mm-hmm. style you are. And now they're using this as a way to say this, this, is what I am. So I am. I avoid. So can't blame. Well, me. if it's appropriate, just say, I'd say bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like you aren't wired to be avoidant. That's your experience. Exactly. You're wired for connection. Like at your core, this isn't who you are. Your mistrust of the world is something that has been cultivated and created but it's the same kind of idea as like working out a new muscle or learning a new skill or hobby, like training your brain and your body to interact with people in a way that's healthy. You, you have to try that. And what happens is that your nervous system is just saying like, I oppose, I object. I do not like this at all. So figuring out how to calm your nervous system in the times that you're engaging, like I'm gonna show up and have this hard conversation and my nervous system, my heart is racing and I'm sweating. Okay. I had the part conversation and now I'm going to go try to cool my body because I'm sweating. I'm going to go get some cold water or do something that says like, I'm safe. And it's going to soothe that challenge that I want to just be entitled to avoid. And I think the entitlement piece is a huge part of the issue because when you learn attachment and you feel like, oh, well, this is how I'm wired. You sometimes feel entitled to behave that way. That's why I'm bringing it up because I can just hear so many women's brains going, if he knows about this, then he's just going to use this as another way for him to be okay behaving the way he's behaving. 
And so I love that you just said that. I just feel like that's like, just, I mean, I'm just going to say, I, I just think it's emotional immaturity. For totally. some, I remember being like 15 or 16 and saying something along the lines of like, well, mom, that is just how I am. And she just says, oh girl, that is not how you are. And you don't show up that way for people. And you can't walk into the room and be like, everyone bow to me. This is just the way I am. <laughs> like, that's just, that's not how it works. She's like, you want it to work that way? You're going to be alone. Like, and I feel like sometimes our culture of this, like, well, I can make videos of myself and people like it. Like, I feel entitled to be able to behave X, Y, Z because I love myself and my ego just gets big. Well, part of the other issue then is like, why the hell have you chosen to be in a relationship with someone if you just want to make it all about you? Yeah. Like you have made opposing choices here and you have to notice that dissonance that you've created and that you're continuing to create by saying like, yeah, for sure. Committed relationship. Also, it's about me. Right. Right. It's not relational. It's not at all healthy with what we talk about all the time here on the podcast of how to cultivate that healthy relationship. I think again, I know we've said this a couple of times now, but I cannot say it enough that when you start to get curious about your attachment style, separate it from who like your higher self, this, mm -hmm. just like you were saying in the very beginning, I think that's really important piece here. What are some other mm -hmm. things that you feel are really important for women who are starting the dating process again to know about themselves with regards to these attachment styles? Sure. I think the first step in, in dating has to be falling in love with yourself and realizing that like you're a freaking rock star. And yep. even if you've had a lot of crap happen, like, look at me, I handle a lot of crap. Like that, put that on the resume. Like you, you don't have to show up as though like nothing has happened and you're all healed. So when you cultivate this love that you have for yourself, what happens when you feel anxious as you're starting to date is you say, I value myself enough to notice that I'm feeling anxious and that I can volley this out and see if this is something they can soothe. Now in early relationship building, what we're, what we're talking about here isn't throwing all your cards out on the table and being like, okay, here it is. Here it is. Here's the trauma. Want to waddle <laughs> in the mud with me? Cause I'm real great. Come sit right. in the mud with me. We can slough it around. No, what you're saying is it's muddy. And sometimes I'm in the mud. And right now I'm going to show you a card that feels appropriate for our relationship building level. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to show you a card about what that looks like. And I'm going to invite you to learn how to help soothe that for me by saying like, what I just need is someone to hold me right now. Or what mm -hmm. I need is someone to be able to say like, Hey, let's establish a check-in so that it's not these open ended lengths of time before we're communicating or texting or I really just need something on the calendar I'm a planner yeah you calling me last minute is so magical because I do love spontaneity I also love planning showing like the this behavior in dating that is happening in our relationship is causing something inside of me is there a potential solution and not saying I'm gonna just predict how this is gonna go in my head and I'm just oh going to call gosh, him yes. up and yell at him and be like, you are not a planner and I am worth more than that. 
maybe he just no it's so true i love what you're talking about there and what an example another example that's come to my mind that's making it more tangible for me is one of the things that that drew me more to scott and helped me feel more secure in that relationship was that when i was having a trigger or something was going on within me and it usually showed up with that anxious attachment he didn't make it about him yep he just stood there and w- he could he is so great at validating i can see how your brain would mm-hmm. offer you that thought about me right now <laughs> but he didn't take it personally he didn't go into that defensive and dukes up he could let that be my experience that was like so anchoring and steady and secure because then I could continue to do my work over in my bubble, Mm -hmm. figure Mm -hmm. my shiz out. And he was Mm -hmm. just not trying to jump in and fix. He wasn't running away. You're crazy. It was just like, that must be really hard. And then he was watching how she going to figure that shiz out (laughs) and does she, or does she keep you like, Mm -hmm. and because I, I, knew how to soothe myself. I was practicing that I didn't need him to make me feel better. And so that's how I'm putting it together more, a little bit more like tangibly is what you're saying. Does that? Yes. Yes. You got it. So much work (laughs) to step into that and figure that out, but it's worth it. Right. It is so worth Mm -hmm. getting curious about this for yourself. first. The hardest thing that that I have to teach is like loving yourself first because people are like, but shouldn't we work on my profile? Yeah. Oh yeah. Or shouldn't you help me like figure out if this guy is secure or not secure or shouldn't you blah, 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 blah. And so yes, I should do all those things. And yes, we will do all those things, but also you have to figure out why you're the shit and why, what you have, why you even want to be in this kind of experience again, because you have something to offer and you want that growth. And it's not to going back, like you don't have to have arrived there, but like you can be really anxious about any part of the dating process. And when you can come back to, but it's actually all going to work out. I feel super like it's going to be fine. I'm awesome. I know this is what I want. And so it's going to be okay. Yeah. That's the resiliency piece that you need to get back in the game. Yes. Because we want so badly to, for those absolutes and to figure out how this is all going to plan out, work out kind of like we were saying Mm -hmm. before, like, okay, this guy looks great. Now let's plan the whole thing out so that I know exactly what to expect. That's so Mm -hmm. common. But when you do your work first, when you, I say, love yourself fiercely first, you can let go of those absolutes. You can be in more Mm -hmm. flow with the situations yes. and circumstances that arise that you don't have control over and know how to comfort and soothe yourself with whatever comes. Yeah. I feel like trauma, your response sometimes is, and it's appropriate, but you get a little more rigid and you need to control Oh, because hell yes, you have Big to be time. able to feel like you can contribute to an outcome in your environment that feels safe. And so you control And so then you're going to go into dating and relationships and that's going to say, let's be flexible and flowy. What's that wine from friends? She's like, I was breezy. I was breezy. breezy. (laughs) And they're like, staying you're breezy negates all breeziness. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. No, it's so true. So again, yeah, just knowing yourself, knowing 
that's why we're always talking about knowing your triggers and how to tame your triggers and all of that plays such a role in you being a healthy, independent woman. And honestly, like, I guess what I just want to say is like, be brave in your relationship, show up for yourself, whether that's because you're currently working in, in, on your marriage because you're trying to figure out like how to navigate dating and figure out this new relationship is going to help you find peace in a relationship and not create more chaos in your life. Just, it takes a lot of courage and bravery. And so any steps that you take in the direction of loving yourself and moving towards what you want, just praise yourself. Be so patient with that process. And it's not bad to want to find and feel loved deeply. Like that's a great desire and it's a great gift to give somebody. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love that. I think that's a great place to wrap up. I know that this topic we could truly talk for hours on because it is, I love it. <laughs> and there's just so many different nuances to it. And I know everyone's yeah. listening going, well, what about this situation? And what about this situation? And so I, again, just, this is something that is awesome to bring up to someone that you're working one-on-one with to get mm-hmm. more curious about your style. Do you have a chance, Lonnie, do you have a favored attachment style assessment quiz, whatever that you yeah. give people? I really like the book attached. Yes. There's a quiz right inside of that one. Okay. And you can even go to their website and there's a quiz on their website. You like that one. Okay. The reason I like that one though, is because it's going to go through the theory, but it's also just going to go through how it shows up in relationships. And it's going to give you like a, this is where I'm triggered and what it looks like. And this is what you can do to get better. Beautiful. All of it. I'll put that in the show notes. Thank you. Thanks for coming and talking with me. I'm so excited to hang out in October. I really, I'm so, I'm just so excited that you guys put this event together. There's nothing like coming into a room with people who get you. And then also working with people who get you to heal. You, You need that camaraderie of not feeling like you're alone. I hope people are just going to have the best time. It is going to be the best time. And I'm so glad Mm -hmm. you're coming. I will see you there. We'll talk before, but thanks girl. Appreciate it. So awesome. I'm hoping that you enjoyed this bonus episode today. Again, I just want for those of you who are divorced and really are looking for tools and opportunities to not only connect with others, but to connect with yourself, then you are not going to want to miss this divorce retreat coming up in October. There will be a link in the show notes to find out more information and when that is and how that works and all the amazing things we're doing. The divorce process is super stressful, especially if children are involved. And a divorce retreat can really give you that relaxation that you probably haven't felt in a long time. Trauma created by divorce can prevent you from thinking about the present or the future clearly. And those emotions can really feel overwhelming. We have workshops on all kinds of things that are going to help you to eliminate some of that overwhelm. We got workshops on budgeting and finance from a professional in finance to come speak to you. You just heard from Lonnie. She's going to come speak to you in even more detail about attachment, but about how to prepare for that dating experience by loving yourself first, which I am a huge fan of. We're going to talk about what a healthy relationship looks like. We are going to be doing a lot of body love work. 
sexual intimacy and how to heal those wounds that have been created. We're going to have yoga and just so many amazing things that you're not going to want to miss. So again, head over to the show notes and click on that link, get your spot. We only have a few left and we just can't wait to hang out with you. So again, thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful weekend and we will see you Tuesday. Hey, wouldn't you love for your daughter or someone you know between the ages of 18 and 24 to know all of this stuff? Wouldn't it be amazing if she had these tools to love herself first, know what healthy looks like in a relationship? Well, she can. That's why I created the Young Single Adult Healthy Dating and Self-Empowerment Course. So the link for that and more information will be in the show notes, but share with the YSA that you know, because this starts Sunday the 11th and I am so excited for the next round. I think everyone listening would have loved to have known these things. So that's why I created this. Give that one, that, that YSA, you know, an opportunity to learn. Now, yes, I do have a course for young single adult men. That interest list for that is also available at chooserecoveryservices.com. And I'll throw that in the show notes too, because we want everyone to choose recovery, to choose healing and to choose you. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Take care.